A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mary and you are listening to the Black Berea podcast, season two, episode two. Who's in the room? Israel. Is he K? Is he K? Hey. Tell me what you want to say. <laughs> you guys are not well. Who else is in the room? T Bello. I might say, say hello. <laughs> My skin look yellow, <laughs> but I don't play cello. Wait, is everyone doing a rhyme? Hey. Did, you didn't tell me I would have prepared. Right, there we go. It's your turn. Mary. I'm not scary. Hey. Might get Larry. Hey. Don't scare me. Are you, Christi- <laughs> are, you, are you Christian though? Of course I'm Christian. That's why no one's, that's why We've got one more person in the room. We've got Richard in the room, but he's just in the room. Yeah. In well, the room? I'm sure he'll just <laughs> I'm sure he'll just jump in. Um but yeah, how's everyone doing? Boy, tired. Yeah. Not good. I uh, just came out of a 13 hour sleep and I'm not even ashamed. Wow, it was beautiful. Must be nice. Beautiful. Must be nice. This episode was supposed to come out on Wednesday, but we apologize. We apologize. Yeah, we but, apologize. But we will get <laughs> Israel was actually sleeping. <laughs> what Israel was sleeping? Yeah, I'm that's sorry. why we didn't record because no. Israel was sleeping. Yeah. No, they're trying to make me feel bad. It was Israel's fault. Sure I don't die young. <laughs> what? It was Israel's fault though. Except no, but it's fine. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> but what are we talking about today, guys? Black, 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 black history month. <laughs> wow. We're talking about black really history. Chime, you know? no, I like that. You know we're going to record that and put that as like our drop or something. I, I don't mind, but yeah. pay me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about black history month. Um, and we'll just see where we go from there. So how did you guys celebrate black history month growing <clears throat> up? Um, I don't actually recall. Like when I hear the term celebrate, I think like birthdays, Christmas. <laughs> uh halloween like i i I don't think i i don't feel like i actually celebrated black history month to be honest um obviously in school uh within the curriculum there's particular things that they incorporate into um your lessons for black history month but other than that um i don't feel like i particularly celebrated it too much to be honest you didn't have any events in primary school or i mean i don't recall any to be honest like i actually don't um primary school secondary school in yeah. secondary school, um, I don't recall any. You know, um, there was a young black and gifted program, but we had I think that was like throughout days, throughout memory. the year. Like I just, I don't. To be fair, my memory of school is quite sketchy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't recall actually celebrating it in any particular way, like you would do a national holiday or anything. Israel, interesting. I mean, I I can remember so much of what happened in my childhood when it came to black history month um from primary school and always having like somebody come in to give a talk at assembly um we had to go through like figures i remember one in primary school in particular we learned like you know 
20 inventions that were made by black people and uh-uh. things like that. What well, primary school did you lose? <laughs> I mean, my school was essentially 95% black. And so? <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like I feel like the school felt a, a, a need and it was a Church of England school so they felt a need which is probably partially motivated by their faith to mm. really engage. So was mine. Black history. <laughs> <laughs> that. I'm not speaking for every school. <laughs> And even in secondary school, it was pretty much the same from the black, um, young black and talented sort of um, um, scheme to people coming to speak. We had educators who weren't in the school mm-hmm. come to talk about how to increase black excellence in the school. And we had a lot. Do wow. you remember like any particular ones that were quite standout-ish for you? Um, I mean, the ones I remember, which... The ones that interested me at the time mm-hmm. were when you know doctors would come in, okay. um, professors would come in who were black, and for me that was crazy because it justified my nerdiness. <laughs> I felt like yes, and I think it was also important because they were the only quote black doctors that black doctors I even got to see to begin with. I heard it, um, or the only black professors I got to see to begin with, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so it was a bit like oh. But it also it also showed me that black people and intrinsically I didn't I didn't notice this explicitly but looking back it, it told us that black people in the highest levels of education was a rarity so rare we have to give you a month to highlight them so it wasn't like everywhere I went I saw black doctors it was oh in October we're gonna <laughs> drag that one black doctor from Manchester down to London to show you that someone who's black can be a doctor that's looking back i'm like okay that's it was a good thing but it also highlighted a problem at the very same time uh, yeah yeah that's deep real deep mary what about you um mine was mixed i think i, I remember like of course learning about mlk and mary Seacole mm. and Rosa parks mm. um but it was very american and yeah. very Ooh. kind of this happened 40 yeah. years ago yeah. um and then yeah. you might hear stuff about uh, Linford Christie and Nigel Benn. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't like, I don't re- I don't remember feeling like, oh, I'm proud to be black. I think I got that more from my my, my family. Okay. Um, mm. But it was a good kind of... But was that was that black or was that Nigerian? Bit of both, to be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was acknowledged in school. Um, but it wasn't like, I don't remember celebrating it as you, as you were saying earlier. It was more just, this is our history. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just victims, sadly. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're doing better. Um, <laughs> do you guys still celebrate it now? I don't know if I, uh, do you still acknowledge it now? Um, as, I'm uh, as, <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that came out so wrong. Context is key. Listen. So basically what I'm trying to say is. Back in secondary school and primary school, obviously the schools organized the events and they organized um, the spe- the speakers, the talks that informed us about um, Black History Month and black figures in history. But as um, you go through life and go to uni, you get a job and so on, I've become more busy in the sense that I haven't actively gone out of my way to do something extra during black history month so i like i will still go out of my way to read a particular book on a black historical figure but that may be in the middle of july 
So, but I don't, I don't, I don't say oh it's October. So I need to plan my personal diary and do something to honor Black History Month. That's what I meant by I'm busy because. So I won't organize a talk for myself in that. In that sense. Um, so like one great philosopher said, uh, we make Black History every day. We don't. Mm. We don't need a month. Yes, and we still need a month. <laughs> <laughs> both and. I'm a man who. I'm a both and man. You're both and. Not either or. I heard that. What do you think about having a month? Do you think it's? Do you think it's needed? I think it's needed. One in education, without a doubt. I think, especially what I experienced in secondary school, I want every black child to have that same experience. I think that's an, without a question. Yeah. Um, in education, what was my second point? But for non-black people as well. That's the thing. I was I was saying this to someone else before, but I feel like when I when we think about Black History Month, and of course it might just be me, but I feel like non-people, people who, who are not black are like, yeah. oh, that's good for them. They've got mm. their own month. Mm. And they actually don't think of, how can I engage with the month yes. and learn more about black history? So it almost feels like it's just for black people. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, it should be for everyone. Yeah. Everyone should be aware of, yeah. of black history um, throughout the ages. Because it's history. It's part of yeah. history. Yeah. It's actually just history. And I think it's part of what allows you to address um, misconceptions and um, incorrect understandings. So there was a recent article, not recent actually, yeah, sort of, by The Voice that spoke about um, the lack of black academics in the UK, saying something like there are only 75 professors or professors slash lecturers in the entire country. 75 75 know, number that's not in, that's not a percentage 75 if you count it there are like 75 professor lecturers in the country over, spread over 300 universities or something like that and you're thinking what that's ridiculous on top of the fact that there are no black um pe- pers- people in senior leadership in universities so we're mm-hmm. talking presidents and vice presidents and the head of the medical school and so on and so forth none so things like that right means that when you go into society an immediate perception is oh into you know intellect or going to the highest levels of education quote isn't a black thing to do mm-hmm. yeah just for not just for black people for for those outside so in the voice article it said people are less likely to trust the research of a black professor so they produce a paper and it's like <sighs> intrinsically they're thinking how how good is the quality of yeah. this paper yeah so exposing non-black people and blacks obviously to a phd holder in sociology who's working on on x helps both classes to realize you can be black and you can be a a phd holder you can engage the highest level of thinking and be respected and your work be up to you know be excellent quality yeah i think i think like um what what you were just saying about black professors also makes me think about um like theological colleges as well um mm. someone who studied in a uh, bible college there weren't in terms of like the reading that we had to do there weren't many or if any readings that we were um, required to do that were by black authors um and then when i sit and think about it i think about okay who are the black theological kind of academic writers um mm. that we have within christian circles um and there are there are a few um but i I do think that that kind of thing would be helpful to put in like the mainstream um, academics so that people um, are not stuck with this misconception, not just about 
black people in the world but then in when it comes to the christian circles they're not stuck about this um they're not stuck within this misconception about what quote-unquote black christian theology looks like it's not yeah. all it's not all charismatic it's not all um wild and happy clappy mm. like we can actually do rigorous theological work yeah i think even um i remember watching hidden figures yes. and i was like Rav, I never heard about this story about I'm these three women. And like, it was, <laughs> it was like raw. Like, I've never heard this story before. And I remember people thinking, oh, this is such a great fictional, you know. And people are like, no, it's true. Like, it's true. this is actually, this happened. And, I'm yep. like, and, and I think the issue with Black History Month, um, it even happened with the, I don't know if you guys saw the whole um, asking the school people to dress up as slaves. Oh, in, in the uh, Forest Oh, yes. Yeah. But like, when you just tie every sort of black history to slavery like it, there's a lot more history first of all there was uh -huh. black history prior to slavery yeah and it's been since yeah. um but it's just when you just circle it around slavery 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 that's all people know yeah so people just know um the civil rights they know you know what the 400 years and that's it yeah that to them is black history yeah and so with that like I'm, i am all for black history month um just if it was far more robust um just to let people know that there is far more to your history than slavery. Yeah. Um, and that would, yeah. I think that would be dope if we did more of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a shame. I think I was reading the, the St. Winifred's one was just about telling people to dress up as slaves. I was just like, mm. that's just mad. And um, I think that, it, it go, so when you were saying there's history after slavery, part of that is actually, yeah, take, walking people through, through. history yeah for blacks and seeing what accomplishments and milestones that have occurred post slavery mm -hmm. um saying you know this was the first black woman to do this the first um what was that the the movie that that came out are wasn't you, that just hidden figures are you really gonna about? do that israel we were just you know we we're just speaking about <laughs> <this>. israel <laughs> israel <laughs> now israel where are you please <laughs> israel so <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's nah. Nah, we're gonna we're gonna show you that Mary just sat here speaking about hidden figures, and you now came with a new point and brought up hidden figures. <laughs> Did you didn't just talk about it. I'm actually done. Trash. <laughs> anyway, that would be a good point because I got you guys to bring up who your historical figures were. Yes. Um. So Israel, as you recover from your embarrassment, um, you can tell us. Who your historical figure was? Like, who did you pick? <coughs> and you can give us a little brief, you know. Who tell us I? about them. <laughs> this is going to be cool. Uh, okay, hold on. Brief. So I picked brief. Ben Carson. Oh, which um, Ben Carson? Um, the current head of Interior, Housing, Housing and Interior. Some, what was it? What was it called? HOD. Is this Ben Carson pre-Trump? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm I'm so rattled right now. <laughs> yes. Pre-Trump. So, so I, I mentioned him because when I think about who I think of as a significant black figure in my life, it definitely is without a doubt Ben Carson. Mm -hmm. um, I think for the bulk of my childhood, he was the only successful black person I knew. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was basically the only person that told me or gave hope to the possibility that I can go to university that i can be at the top of whatever field i choose mm. and so even in spite of the recent downfall <laughs> downfall um in 
his decisions in life mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i still i would find it hard to to let go of the role he's played in my life pre-trump I appreciate and the rest of that um so yeah so just because of the impact he's had on me and his accomplishments i would have to say i know he's still alive and he's not technically a historical figure well he's he's in history right yeah yeah, yeah. um because even there's that film uh gifted hands yeah that yeah, was the first yeah, time yeah. i was introduced like to him. Gifted hands. that film was banging yes. could you list like some of his accomplishments for those who don't so know? the first black or well, first black um surgeon but the first first surgeon to separate siamese twins conjoined at the head Wow. Um, he also obviously went to John Hopkins, um, went to Yale for his undergrad, uh, was one of the best performing neurosurgeons and became the head of neurosurgery for John Hopkins for, I think, like over 10, maybe 15 years. Um, and so he's received numerous you know, honorary doctorates in response mm-hmm. to that. He's put published papers in neurosurgery top quality and so on he's had other neurosurgical accomplishments but the one that was the pinnacle or the defining accomplishment of his career was the separation of those Siamese twins. twins yeah and that that's what gifted hand was basically yeah around, yeah, yeah it's based on his journey up until that point yep he killed right. it basically right. straight up so here's your historical figure well like israel my one ain't dead <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh it's david olu olu soga is that his name? He said that like a Nigerian. <laughs> because he's a Nigerian. It's so it's uh, he's a mix. He's a mixed race Nigerian. He has a Nigerian father and a British, I believe, mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I say David because I've recently been reading his book called um, Wow, uh, Black and British: A Forgotten History. Um, mm. And I think something. Wow. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I watched the BBC thing. Yeah, I think something we alluded to when we were talking about. Um, black history month and just how it's presented to us is that a lot of it is americanized so a yes. lot of it is about obviously your martin luther king's your rosa mm. parks your malcolm x's at times but um i personally got to a point where i thought well wow, like what were what were black people doing <laughs> in, in london in london in like what, like just what was yeah, going on yeah. here while all of that was going on in america and um obviously his series i think that was on the bbc in 2016 um really was like a quick touch on the matter um and then just reading this book is quite a bulky book um and i haven't really got as far as i would like to but there is so so much in it and i think um he's actually done a lot to inform black british people of the history of black british people um which is important which is very important is it's extremely important i think i fell into the idea at one point that um america was bad in terms of their race relations Mm. uh, because of the history of slavery and i thought yeah britain was was all right obviously colonialism and that but i thought we were not as bad Hmm. um and then i started to read this book and I thought, <laughs> like we were tripping. Yeah. Um, like I think even in the introduction, like he mentioned, um, one conservative leader, um, called Enoch Powell, um, and some of the things he was saying within like his Rivers of Blood speech. Oh wow. Um, and it was just so anti-black and anti-immigrants. Um, and I realized, wow, there's a history within Britain, um, when it comes to race relations that I was unaware of. Um, and it enlightens me to a lot that's going on today. So my historical figure is David because um, he's black, Nigerian and alive. 
<laughs> and he did the TV show that a lot of mm. people would have seen um, that came out last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016. Was same? Ti- was it same title? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think the the documentary was like just a touch on the things that are fleshed out book. more so in the book. I would recommend everyone to go and buy it. Actually, yeah. um, at the moment it's seven pounds, um, when it should be like twenty something. So that's a bargain. So basically, don't go to Nando's this week. <laughs> And get yourself. Why are you saying Nando's? Why, why are you assuming that our, all our listeners go to Nando's? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Starbucks, but then I thought about it now. <laughs> You're rude. He, <laughs> he actually just continued. Wow. Um, on, Israel's thoughts do not represent um, the thoughts of Blackberry at this time. Please. Um, and let me just move on to say my one. Um, so I was, I was going to pick someone else, but then as I was researching, Google um decided to honor him um so if you if you saw it when yeah it was on a monday monday it was mm-hmm. um so his name is Alauda equiano can you say that properly well i don't technically it was june the 17th it was born 1745 in a region that would be commonly known as today as nigeria but we can't call him nigerian if you get what i mean he's nigerian he's nigerian okay i'll yeah. give him that we take, um, <laughs> we take it where we can now, get um it. i loved his story just because um it kind of just details, you know, he's he's born in southern Nigeria, or mm-hmm. an area known as southern Nigeria. Um, he's abducted at 11. Mm. He, you know, he has to endure the middle passage. He comes to, he, he gets sold to a, um, a Navy officer who names him something else. Then he, he buys his freedom, travels the world, and he then he begins campaigning with Sons of Africa. Yep. And then he writes this book um, called The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Oluwadu. Oluwa. which becomes like the first telling of the a victim from the slave trade mm. actually detailing their life of everything he went through and it, it it was so popular and he just talks about the fact that i think i think a lot of it is just an argument of he is actually made in the image of god yeah um which was so pivotal because there was a lot of you know, there's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of people around that time who their opinion with black people was that they were less than human, as it were. Mm-hmm. And he was able to actually detail his life as someone who says, yes, you know, what you guys are doing is wrong. And he, he has so many quotes. And I can read one. He says, um, oh, you nominal Christians, might not an African ask you, learn you this from your God, hmm. who says unto you, do unto all men as you would men should do unto you. Is it not enough that we are torn from our country and friends to toll for your luxury and lust of grain? Must every tender feeling be likewise a uh, sacrifice to your greed? Are the dearest friends and relations now rendered more dear by their separation from their kindred? So he basically goes on to say, like, you guys, like, you didn't get this from the Bible. And yeah, and he, he, he becomes converted um, whilst he's a slave. Mm. I think it's during the time of Whitfield, maybe some of the sermons he had heard from him. And he just, look, he literally writes a story about mm. His, his belief in God's providence and God's mercy upon him, his contentment, and just the fact that he, he has to, even though he's gone through all of this, he has to love people. And he is literally instrumental in the UK, um, changing their laws uh, and bringing in the Slave Trade Act, which uh, ended slavery in the UK. Mm-hmm. After um, after he had passed away. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he was just, like, when you read his story, he was, you know, he was a Christian man and he was, he was so instrumental in saying, rah, like, Black people are actually made in they were actually human beings. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people at that time just hadn't read, hadn't thought through, hadn't acknowledged. Um yeah, yeah. but now yeah, he was he was dope. Um so, yeah, so, so quick Go on. 
Yeah, I'm finished. Um, there was one part you said that I wanted to jump off and just to use as an opportunity to make a sort of an apologetic for Christianity. Yes. Because one of the charges against Christianity is it was used to oppress black people. Yes. And on top of what you just said, there was... um. I was listening to some lectures on on theology and one of the things it mentioned is that actually Christianity was very problematic to the cause of slavery because Mm -hmm. when slaves became Christians, they developed this crazy idea of freedom, which they got from the Bible that was preached to them. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they also got this even crazier idea of equality that said, you know, love each other, love your brother and sister in Christ, um, you know, care for one one another, um, rebuke one another and all these one another passages and so the the slave will say hold on i'm a christian my master's a christian we need to love one another rebuke one another counsel one another weep with one another rejoice one another we're equal yeah (laughs) and so there was even a point in the slave trade where slave owners would tell missionaries who who were going around africa and in in the south evangelizing don't come here because when you come here they become christians and then they want to get baptized and then they want to be included in our church and they want to have that freedom in Christ that they read in the Bible. They want to be equal to us. All these concepts that come with being a Christian, they then we're not going to give it to them and they're going to get that idea from your Bible. So don't evangelize them and don't preach to them. And that's part of his story as well. The whole idea of becoming a Christian and realizing, hold on, I'm made in the image of God like you. Yeah. And so I'm equal to you. Yeah. Um, and so I, that deserves to be reflected in our society. Yep. And he alludes to that when he he he, he calls out the nominal Christians who, yeah. because of their greed and what they were gaining from from these slaves, they couldn't see or they couldn't accept the fact that these people are actually equal with mm. us and we shouldn't be treating them like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and it just, he kind of was able to kind of pinpoint the sinful hearts of these men who were calling themselves Christians but mm. weren't behaving like one, which mm. is unfortunate. Um, so when you guys like, obviously we just had three different historical black figures like how do you guys analyze and apply black history like what kind of things do you use when you're reading something like how do you kind of go through it and you can talk about history and black history just from the beginning of time or even something that's happening now um i think the first thing is more broadly in terms of history from as far back as we can go till now is when I read about it, my first impulse is to spread it because I realize just how deficient black history is yeah. Yeah. in the broader um, conversation. So and I, th- I think this goes back to the whole experience as a child in secondary school. When you were in history classes, the, it, it wasn't a global history. It was essentially, we are going to teach you about Europeans the reason or, and or Western history yeah and, and learning about Western history isn't wrong so that's not what I'm trying to target yeah my problem is when you're in a school if you're a history teacher in a school that is 90% black there should be an impulse that says maybe I should include a you know maybe the proportion of history that is not European should be what am I saying Okay, let me, let me rephrase that. I should put more non-European history in this curriculum or in the lessons, given that these students who are growing up in London are from those... Yeah, are literally from Africa. Mm-hmm. And so, at, 
my responsibility as a as a teacher who's seen them from if you're in primary school from the age of what four five to eleven i am putting so much hours into their education but i'm leaving them with everything but their shared history i think things like that is what i think about when i think of when i when i'm learning about black history and what we've done because you have people who leave the education system and they know nothing yeah about their people's encouragements but all they see around them is they know about the the white european success and when they're going to the workplace they continue to see the white european success and so there is something that's saying maybe it isn't for me yeah yeah that's deep (laughs) (laughs) tough eh? um i don't i don't get what you mean by analyze so like what i was thinking of is just what you've just spoken about uh three key historical figures of course um, yeah and then you've got if you if you add it in with all the other the famous or the non-famous people that we know about like Mm -hmm. how do you what kind of lens are you you looking through when you're like looking at these stories um or like what do you take away from it anyway for example I, i i think every time i read black history and not always but i'm always kind of i'm always kind of blessed with like the diversity and mm. broadness of creation like i'm always remembering like well, god has blessed and gifted black people as well mm-hmm. um so even when i read hidden figures like of course i left read when i watched hidden figures <laughs> rather i left really like encouraged um yeah. or when i w- or when i read something like a new story uh, or something i've never seen about black history before i just think wow like god has actually blessed people mm. of course you, you see the other side of the world has always been simple and that, that yeah, actually yeah, is yeah. in africa as well yeah um but the fact that god has really um given the gift of diversity in the world yeah um mm. and that's a blessing um and you yeah. see that the the goodness has come from that so that's yeah. just one of the things i take from it i mean i guess in parts i'm i'm the same um you mentioned um Olauda and i think when i was reading through his narrative he mentioned something in particular about the way black people um the vibrancy with which black people celebrate occasions um, the fact that it's always accompanied with music, the fact that it's always accompanied with dance. And so when I read just little small things like that, um, it, it, it makes me appreciative, as you said, of the diversity, that things don't just have to look one particular way um, and that God has given us these things. So mm. we shouldn't look upon them as, oh, okay, black people are too um, loud or um, they're not sober. Um, but we should look at... We should think of ways to employ these things um, that are God-given, but we should think of, of ways to employ these things biblically. Mm. Um, and then on 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 the other uh, another aspect, I guess when I'm just reading like through historical accounts, um, and again I'm reading of the horrors of the past, uh, some of the things that are um, people have said um, in power and not in power. Um, I guess one thing I've always tried not to do is um, paint all Europeans or Westerns, West Western people with the same brush, mm. um, and then bring that forward to today. Yeah. So mm. kind of think, okay, the conservative leader was saying that back in nineteen something something. I'm sure that's what Theresa May is saying behind her her doors, <laughs> and she very well might be, um, or might not be, or might not be. Um, right. But not to kind of think, okay because this happened historically it's happening in the hearing now mm. yeah um and 
and also just be grateful that you know even some of the the, the name that you mentioned and the, there are so many other people who found faith within those trying times yeah um, and who maintained their faith and whose faith was solid and strong um you you, you find that within the things that they were ris- that they wrote they weren't like flimsical theological pieces they were robust um and they were robust in the most hard and trying times and so for me that's an that's an encouragement um for a black yeah. british person who who lives in the west uh, in the west um and life is easy relatively yeah um but even when i'm going through trying times it's encouraging just to know that our, there were brothers and sisters that have gone before us who looked like us who went through trying times but were still able to come out and still had um a deep understanding of who god was do you think god is do you think churches should kind of acknowledge black history month <sighs> let's say go to your local church on sunday and they're like black history month guys i, I don't know i'm thinking about my local church at the moment and i <laughs> I, I feel I, I feel like i might cringe like i'd be like what are we doing <laughs> like yeah i don't know I, I, and obviously like the church is predominantly black hmm. um so yeah i think i would go in on a sunday and just think what like what why is this something that's acknowledged from the pulpit not that it's necessarily wrong, but yeah. I'll just feel. Why are you looking at me like that, Israel? I mean, okay. My when you said why is this happening on a Sunday, I I just immediately thought does it have to be a Sunday? True, true. No, that's true. But I'm thinking the first thing I thought of right, was, a okay. su- was a Sunday okay. service that okay. where most people attend. I'm not talking right. about your 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 yeah. midweeks with like. What yeah. about like a bulletin? So you get your bulletin and it says... Oh, definitely. Black you History Month and you it know gives what? you like five facts. Do you definitely. know what I think would be amazing to see actually? So like if we had a Sunday bulletin yeah, um, and it gave us like... Um, and this was during Black History Month and it gave us like maybe five uh, historical Christian figures within... So for us, within Britain. Hmm. Um, I think that would encourage the people um, to know of quote-unquote their history yeah um so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be disturbed by that i just think um uh, if i had a sermon on black history month <laughs> i'd be thinking brother man yeah I, I i think for me it's more of like for example let's say mother's day when you have mother's day you might you may or you may not decide to 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 preach or just to acknowledge mother's day but you you're definitely sure that the church is doing something to encourage to extol yeah. to you know to do all they can to to look after mothers and we wouldn't church. frown upon a mother's day sermon would we, we wouldn't um uh, are you guys talking for yourself <laughs> no it, it's a it's a question no i mean i wouldn't but then what would a black history month sermon look like i guess like what Good you question. said with the bulletin um so on a sunday uh, a ser- w- w- a so on a sunday you you come and you hear about five historical Christian well a figures. sermon that may have more reference to black theologians or christians than than normal or oh, okay because it's okay. the way of the month because yeah, yeah so as in so for example a lot of mother's day sermons I, right I, I can deal with the bulletin li, li, okay <laughs> I saw I, i'm not i'm not actively proposing it but i'm saying i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea here's so here's what i'm thinking go to israel's church here's, <laughs> here's what i'm thinking for example right mother's day sermons that don't that don't com- directly geared at mother's days that mothers may be something like i'm going to preach on a mother in the bible Okay. Right? Or right. Mother's Day, so I'm going to preach on Hannah and First Samuel one. I'm going to preach on Mary and um, Luke in Luke one and so on. Things like that. So what are you right? doing? What are you doing for Black History Month? Preaching on Moses or? <laughs> okay, so 
okay, I mean, something, okay, friends, the you Eth- could, uh, the Ethiopian unit. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Acts Ethiopian 8. Ethiopian unit. Yeah. yeah. Something, I, I don't think preaching on Acts 8 during Black History Month is a bad thing to do. I mean, Israel, uh, that's an example of something I'm thinking of. I'm not saying, oh, you have to do it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm definitely for it. And, it's wrong not to. I just think I just it's an option amongst others. It's it's just it, I can't lie to you. Maybe I can't explain it properly. It's just making me itch. I think, <laughs> I think my point is more of just as you may take, you may be free not to acknowledge Mother's Day, but you know the church is yeah. supporting mothers. Yeah. It's the same thing. You may that's like, what think, I'm okay, thinking as well. Black History Month. We don't need to acknowledge it, but the black people in our church, we're supporting, we're encouraging them, we're challenging them, we're loving right. them, we're we're doing everything we can. We we we're, we're mindful of them, and I think that's all you need to do. I mean, yeah, like, you might if you might you know you might be free to five five black key figures in October. Little. Just you know, FA. You know, I, you know I, but I, I would appreciate that. But imagine if you're in a if you're in a predominantly white church, right? What's wrong and with white people knowing about black? No, 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 no. Let me land. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Crash my plane before I land it. Um, so imagine if you're in a predominantly white church, right? Yeah. And then the first Sunday of October, they now say we're going to preach on the Ethiopian <laughs> eunuch. I'll be so rattled. Like I, I, I'll That's actually the be. Word. So, I, I love the word, but I will be so rattled because I just think the Queen of Sheba. Mm. I'll still be rattled. Woo. I don't know why. <laughs> I will still be rattled. Like, I, I think. Why are you okay for it with Mother's Day? Um, it's completely different. Is, I didn't tell you. I didn't, I didn't necessarily say I'll be okay with Mother's Day. I was itching too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To be no, fair, so I don't mind. Kind of like okay, in the announcements or whatever, you acknowledge. Okay, have, it's Mother's Day today. Okay, would you do the same for Black History Month? Um. So in announcements, he says it's Black History Month, guys. You know, I never refers back to the bulletin. He says, you know, um, yeah. Big, big up. Or you might do a profile. <laughs> I mean, some churches do that. A profile that. on who? Pro- on whoever they want So to. what, like, uh, so during the, the bullet, uh, during the announcements, yeah, week by they, week, he takes, like, a historical question. And he just br- briefly gives, like, a five-minute bio. I know, you know, churches do it with the Reformation. So, October, Reformation, 500-year celebration of Reformation. So many churches are doing sermons on the yeah. five solace. On top of that, there's one church in particular I'm thinking of who will do you know, Reformation profiles and they'll do a five minute introduction to Martin Luther and then John Calvin and um, all these things during the announcements or b- just before the Bible reading or something. So it's not the sermon. I mean, two minutes is enough. Five minutes is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me my I, word. Give me my gospel. Hey. I, I, See, I'm not against it, but I'm not for it in that sense. Like, I think either way, I wouldn't. It, d- it depends. I, it d- I think it just yeah. needs to be uh, fleshed out a, a lot more okay um like yeah on the sun i just yeah i guess what i'm picturing in my mind is just on a sunday morning you're coming and it's black 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 and you bought your like eastern european friend and they're just like is this for me (laughs) wow yeah the church should be focused on the word i mean that that, that doesn't that doesn't doesn't, of course (laughs) no one was saying the church shouldn't be focused on the the word the church should be focused on the the word of course but that doesn't negate of you can acknowledge that there's things going on in the Uh, world like we are human beings indeed i agree with you Um, i agree with you but i but i do think and i guess part of the reason i Israel stay liberal you know (laughs) no 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 let's slow (laughs) down let's slow down hold on hold on let me say my view all right okay all right so okay. what i was thinking part of what made me also jolt to the beginning was um i know that the black church historically and I was, okay i'm thinking about churches that are predominantly black yes um no matter where in the west 
um, the black church has had to deal with a lot of issues that I think non-black churches historically have not had to deal with. And for the sake of simplicity, simplicity, we're going to contrast it with the white church, right? There are other churches, the Latin American and Chinese and so on. But in contrast to the white European church, I think a black church that says we are actively going to, for example, hold economic empowerment seminars is fantastic for the community. So things like that. So on, and I would, and I would put a Black History Month seminar thing in line with those kinds of kinds of activities. Uh, where out, no, 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 out, yeah, outside of yeah. the Sunday service, we're going to have this conference Friday to Saturday discussing how you can um, become a homeowner. We're going to have a, a Friday conference on black historical figures we're going to have you know um weekend what am i saying weekday meetings monday to friday on issues that have, that affect us because we know outside of this opportunity you may never actually get an opportunity to address it i appreciate that yeah so i was thinking of black history month along with those with that kind of reasoning mm-hmm. that during the month i don't see why a church who recognizes that okay our congregation is 90 percent black why shouldn't we have you know a Friday conference that has two talks mm-hmm. on black Christians and so on and so forth. Not sure that. All right. Yeah. I'll put cool. you. <laughs> Israel might have solved the, the conundrum. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we got an event for you guys. It's just called Black Christian Confused. It is uh, hosted by The Level. Um, it is happening on Saturday, the 4th of November, 2017, which is about a week and a half from now it starts at 6 p.m um some of the topic matters include is the church honest about its oppressive history does it matter that jesus isn't white do black lives matter in the church and i'm sure there will be more fiery questions on the night so go to twitter.com forward slash jendela that is j-e-n-d-e-l-l-a for more information on how you can book your ticket and show up hope to see you there have you guys okay we're moving on to another topic israel for president slightly anyway uh-uh. um but did you guys read After the recent Trump, I'm okay <laughs> did you guys read the recent race report re- released by the government mm. also known as the race disparity audit audit yeah. I, yeah? Di- I didn't even know it existed until israel put it in a group <laughs> <laughs> okay you can find the report on the ethnicity facts and figures website it's 60 pages but i'm going to shout out some key findings it was divided into different sections education housing and so forth mm. but i'm going to shout out some key facts you guys can tell me what you think about it sweet so um black and asian households were more likely to be in persistent poverty and more likely to live in areas of um, deprivation households more likely to rent social housings were africans followed by caribbeans black men were three and a half times more likely to be arrested than mm. white men um the percentage of defendants who were remanded in custody as opposed to release were highest for black people black men uh black men particularly uh black caribbean pupils are permanently excluded from school at three times the rate of white british pupils Hmm. um black men are more likely to be found guilty at crown court uh this was a really good this one was like wow black women were the most likely to have experienced a common mental disorder such as anxiety or depression in the last week and black men most likely to experience a psychotic disorder black adults were more likely than adults in other ethnic groups to have been sectioned under the Mental Health Act. Um, following the report, which uh, Miss May, Theresa May commissioned last year, ministers will target 20 hotspots where ethnic minority people are more likely to be unemployed, 
which could include include mentoring and so forth. Um, so yeah, some of these are some of the takeaways that was that was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about that? Um, it sounds like things are already new. Yeah, it, a lot of it is. But just on paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we <laughs> hearing you know as I read it as well, things like you know that the black community basically has no confidence in the police. I was like. but again i grew up just knowing that um the fact that we're three times more likely to be arrested again i was like we know that Mm -hmm. the mental health issue i think more recently the black community has been honest in addressing it because Mm -hmm. it's always been there but i don't think it's always been discussed um not within our particular community yeah yeah but i think within the community now it's like okay yeah we've we've always known this has been an issue i think this is time now is the time for us to actually start talking about it and start addressing it um especially black black women like anxiety depression yeah yeah uh, black adults more likely to be sectioned under the mental health act uh we are definitely going to speak about mental health in future yeah that's a little plug for the future um but yeah it it was just for me it was it was like wow like Mm. the the whole thing about black caribbeans um permanently excluded from school at least three times more than others and there was a lot of things that it's race there's no other kind of reason yeah. but now it's more of why why is this the case mm-hmm. Come here, what do you think why do i think it's the case yeah like why do you think um like this like in the all these different areas and all these different um things we've said like race is 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 a consistent factor in <laughs> london or in england rather i i actually don't like i actually like when i look at it sometimes i'm a bit like why like why is it actually the case sometimes mm-hmm. i um, I'm a bit uh, confused as to why race is such a big thing um, when it comes to uh, maybe like authorities. You mentioned like the Crown Courts, you mentioned like the police. Um, and I think it, it all goes back to this kind of like this idea of like what b- black people are. I think I was watching a, or who black people are. I was watching a video today. Um, it was like an American court situation and there was this neighborhood watch guy who basically hit a black teenager over the head with like a shovel um, as he was going up to his door. Um, and as he was explaining why he did it, his basic reason for doing it was was because he was black. He didn't literally say, oh, it's because he was black. But one of the things he was saying is, oh, um, I think it was a really nice neighborhood. He was like, there are no black families in this neighborhood. Black people don't live here, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Mm. And so I immediately just thought of him as suspicious and didn't give him the opportunity to um explain himself but just immediately for let me neutralize him before he can do anything yeah. to me um and i guess when i watch things like that i'm just like i actually don't understand why this perception of black people is so bad um like an intrinsic fear it's just like an intrinsic yeah. fear and i yeah. think so and sometimes it has actually led me to question and bear with me here <laughs> <laughs> it has actually led like so even when you're reading the statistics yeah <laughs> it's actually led me to question like are black people like innately like evil just wild <laughs> like i don't understand so like even when it mentioned um i think it mentioned something about the black caribbean boys yeah are more likely to be excluded three Th- times then i thought back to my kind of like secondary school experience and i can't yeah. like the caribbean boys were wild yeah, they but, were wild. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I don't begin to think like is it something that is innate within like when once you're born caribbean you just know I was actually um, was watching a documentary. I think it's in um, "Would There Ever Be a Black Prime Minister?" Oh yeah. And a woman was talking about how she has a Caribbean son, and she feels like, she, in her experience, 
the teachers are more patient with other yes. people of other color yeah. so for example let's say tommy is is causing a ruckus in the classroom mm-hmm. they'll be fine but let's say i don't know jay kwan <laughs> starts acting up in a similar manner they're like okay that's enough and then they'll just t- they'll take him out and they'll yeah take him out. and there's no kind of and i think it comes back to the in- there's an intrinsic fair clearly yeah. where you're like okay what's he gonna do and then you just explain yeah. and you don't give him a chance yeah. as, not as, as you would for the white or other other color mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it uh, even makes me think of um that the news article about i think the girls the oxford girl uh, yeah the one that stabbed oh, her oh yeah what did she do to her boyfriend and she was in the medical school yeah, yeah. Um, and she got like i think she just got let off and, and the judge thinking, said she's too talented to go to jail i was That's thinking crazy. but she's a criminal i, like, yeah, I don't understand yeah, and yeah. it's just like the 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 allowances that are given to um our white counterparts um it's just for me it it, it doesn't make sense obviously there are historical hmm. yeah um things that come into play but I do wonder: Was there ever a time uh, where the, this the scale was balanced in one sense? And then it just makes me realize I'm not in this life. I'm not waiting or hoping. I'm not putting all my hope in the scales being balanced. If they never are, um, let me just do what I can uh, yeah. to support those who are in less privileged circumstances. Yeah. What do you think the church can do to correct racial inequality? Because when I was when I was reading it, of course, a lot of people are like, "We know this already. Where are the yeah, solutions? Where are yeah. the solutions? Where are the solutions?" Um, and of course, there there needs to be it needs to be addressed. But what do you think churches can do to correct racial inequality? Can we do anything? Well, of course we can. I think. <laughs> it's what I think of course we no, can. No. <laughs> the church has never shied away from um, being at the forefront of adge- of addressing social issues, and I think it shouldn't be any different now. Yeah. Um, when there's a crisis in a country, even in Britain, there are biographies galore or telling the stories of churches that have gone into the hardest hit communities. I remember reading a biography about F.B. Meyer, who mm. was pastoring up in Leicester and him setting up this sort of like, he called it a redemption house. Um, of a, It's like a halfway house for those who came out of prison because of alcoholism. And they would stay there for like a maximum of six months. And during those six months, they would prepare them to enter the working world. So it wasn't like prison straight into society, but it was like prison through this place where you yeah. are trained and prepared and then you enter and you can actually contribute to society rather than just being thrown back into prison. Why is it any different if we find out there's an issue with a particular community of race in this country? Why should a black community, why should a church say, it's a sticky issue, you know, we shouldn't be involved. It's just, it's another social issue for us to be involved in. Um, I think the first thing the church needs to do is to acknowledge it and to say we want to help how can we help mm-hmm. i think that's the thing because i think with uh people who've been to prison or you know right. people that have been affected by anything this there seems to be okay we just need to support them get get them a job mm. blah, blah. but it's like how do we do this with black people it's like if you see the fact that that um black people are black black men are three times more likely to be arrested mm. than wh- white people how do we solve that I'll get one the, and I know this is this is one thing the church can always do. Yeah, Peter Gas money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we wow. were thinking very different things. Wow. Here's what. I, okay, okay. Again, wow. context is key. <laughs> I'm having to say this money. a lot. Here's 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 what I'm saying. If we know, so I'm and I'm, I guess I'm guess I'm basically speaking to the um to the white church in the United Kingdom. What white church? Listen. 
<laughs> so here's what I'm here's what here's here's what I have in mind. If you know that you know you've read this report and you're wondering what can we do, we are a church um, in Hertfordshire, who, which is made up of ninety eight percent white, and you know there aren't really any black people in our community. What can we do? One, you can support a grassroots organization mm-hmm. in Southwark and fund them. Quite literally, look at what's out there. Do all the research you have to do and the due diligence to make sure you've picked a good organization that's actually affecting the community and support them so they can hire more staff, so they can scale it. And rather than having to deal with only 10 inmates, they can scale it up to 30 and 40. That alone, I think, will be so substantial. And that is a um, an action that any church that basically has a bank account can always do. Yeah. When you um you you mentioned uh, was it F B Meyer? Uh, yeah. You mentioned yeah. like the Redemption House. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask you a question. Whether it was um, so you said people came in through there, in essence from prison. Yeah. When they were in the house, was it just helping them rehabilitate from? So it was getting them off drinking. Yeah. Um, they were part of upkeep, so they didn't hire cleaning staff and stuff. It was. You're gonna take responsibility for your room. Yeah. You're gonna clean the, the place and learn all these you know skills of living and looking after yourself. It was participating in their Bible studies and going through a course. So they had, I mean, because he was a preacher and he, he took them through a theology course and mm-hmm. taught them the Bible. Um, it was skills and trades. So there were things like you know learning how to make tables and chairs. This was back in like early 1900s. So yeah. they were learning you know trades that they can take away. How to be a plumber. How to be an electric. Oh no, maybe not electrician, but Whatever was there at that time, (laughs) (laughs) different trades and skills. So by the time they left, they could look after themselves. They were no more an alcoholic. They had a skill that could provide, that could provide them income. And they, which was FBI's ultimate aim, had a love for God. Yeah. So all those things, I think, you know, the church finds it easy to say, yeah, let's preach them the gospel. And that's that's good. That's the point I was going to make. And that's good. And I want, and I want the church to continue to do that. But let's not say because we've done that, the other three don't matter yeah because yeah. they do we yeah. still need to if we realize people coming out of prison don't have a skill i don't think it's wrong for the church to say we are going to support an organization that teaches yeah you know um in um, inmates skills of life so that when they leave they have something to contribute yeah to yeah. society yeah yeah so i i i guess the reason why i asked you that because i want yeah. to flesh it out a bit more like i think at times um churches can become so focused on like just let's try and make them christians let's try and make them christians Mm. um i appreciate the desire to want to disciple people that are in difficult situations um but i guess there has to be a balance like that you you also have to help them um as as israel was um alluding to like skills in life so that they can actually live so that they can um at one point in in one sense be self-sufficient that they're not yeah. so reliant on the organization and so i think sometimes we're just so focused okay let's get them into church let's get them into our weekly bible mm. study let's do this and we forget about the fact that they're actually human beings that have to live a day-to-day life mm-hmm. and so uh, people don't want to come to the church yeah. that, because they're just thinking okay all i'm going to get here is bible 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 which we love and it's great um but how am I going to live my day-to-day life? How am I going to survive? How am I going to survive? Mm-hmm. But we will send them elsewhere to go and get that. Um, and so, yeah, I guess churches think about think think about the balance um, of just, obviously we want um, souls to be 
changed um, we want people to uh, grow in their love for the Lord yeah but we're also human beings that have to live uh, and I think yeah and I think a a theology that says we're only going to do ver- verbal proclamation and leave them alone mm-hmm. is a theology that doesn't have a good understanding of the Imago Dei because it's basically saying human beings are only souls yep. that need to be rebirthed nothing else mm. but because humans are so much more human beings are bodies as well that need to be fed yeah um, that need to be clothed that that need to imagine you've just been in a prison of isolation that need to be taught again what it means to be in community just as a human things like that if you have a good understanding of the imago day a proper understanding you you realize that they need the gospel and they need to be converted and they need to know how to clothe themselves. Yeah, mm. and, and and that's what I was looking for. That's what uh, James is talking about in James uh, 2, um, yeah. from verse 14. Obviously, when he's talking about faith without works is dead, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith um, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that mm. so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead mm. i was even thinking of like because when i read it i was thinking of of course there's there's a historic pattern of discrimination that mm. is impacting our, our, our day-to-day in england but i was thinking of like i, I feel like when i when i when i've tracked kind of evangelicals and, and white christians on, on how they view some of these things they tend to to blame the individual and i think we tend to blame the system they, you know there's a system that that suppresses or there's a system yeah. that that traps people and so forth and, and i think there has to be a balance of two of course the reason why someone gets arrested is their own decision but we are aware of the fact of the, the decisions or the things that happened to them that could lead to that and of course both yeah. needs to be handled but I, th- I think there has to be kind of a thought of how do we balance both in a way that we're able to actually correct a system. So it's the fact that three three times more like black persons are more likely to get arrested. Black men, like, what does that do to their psyche? What does yep. that do to their view of the yep. police? What does that do to their view of, of, of each other? Um, mm. And 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 you see how those things can have um, disastrous Im- effects in their community. And I think when I think of racial equality inequality, I think of of course we need to to remind people of of the fact that we're we're both made in the image of God. That 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 um we both can be redeemed we both can be saved um but we do need to meet where you know the rubber meets the road of yeah. how do we correct yeah. such mm. inequalities and, and and that's where i'm stumped because sometimes i try and think and i'm like i don't know like how do we change yeah. people's perceptions how do we change people's views like how do we correct that of course there's the mental health issues i think those things we can kind of think of more uh, s- solutions in that regard but how do we stop people from being in persistent poverty how do we get people housing how, i don't know i sound like a politician here but how, <laughs> how do we fix the world of course we know that MP. we know that it's not going to be totally correct and that that does give us hope for, for for the next life but it's like what can we do i don't know work and pray yeah wow. work pray and support that was deep <laughs> that was so deep work and pray literally work and pray mm. I, as you said we're not striving for perfection in this world mm. um we don't we don't strive for perfection in our own righteousness in in our in our christian walk what well, we do strive um to be righteous but we we know we're never going to be sinless on this side of the mm. earth um so that makes us look so much more to eternity um but it doesn't mean that we don't stop working on this earth at our faith and it's the same thing when it comes to like 
social issues we know things are never going to be perfect we appreciate that but we don't just sit with our hands we don't just sit on our hands at that point we yeah. still continue to work um and 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 be um good stewards um i think i think that's what an actual good steward is in this world like um working to see creation as the lord has intended it mm. even though we appreciate it's never going to be perfect and i think the church needs to be willing to take more risks what do you mean uh, <laughs> money, <laughs> money. <laughs> um uh, I'm, I'm thinking so as you were saying you know what what can um the church do to address the perception and so on i literally was thinking of a church planter in london who went to a an established church um in a very rich neighborhood and said hey i'm i'm looking to church plant in this council estate can you support me you know you guys literally have millionaires in your church and your bank account is loaded and the pastor said hey um no it's <laughs> too risky the kind of people in that estate oh wow like, you know People that need if the they, gospel. If they if they join the church, they might just steal the stuff and <gasps> they and and he was basically saying it's too risky. Like, That's wisdom, though. It's too risky. <laughs> I'm it's kidding. whiskey. Oh my. <laughs> I'm That's trifling. That's what that is. That's um, actually bad. And That's and, and obviously the church plant is saying this to 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 a group of us, and we're looking in dismay. Like, how could your Christianity get so comfortable that you couldn't see an opportunity? for gospel expansion staring at you in the face yeah here's a guy saying i don't i don't mind going into this estate and being poor with them to evangelize them and to be there for them and to counsel them mm-hmm. and you're literally saying no it's too risky yeah. i mean how does how that's does missions mission work mission field how, when has a that's mission privilege. field ever been that's, safe that that's privilege. that's privilege yeah and so things like that in terms of just saying you know what we're venturing off into this new space and we don't we're going to trust god but we don't know how it's going to happen we don't really know um what the numbers will look like in the end but we're going to trust that because we are going in the spirit of of christ and because we're going with a mandate on our shoulders that we can trust god in this as we set a new path um and so taking risk i think is going to be part and parcel of addressing any um systemic issue in society especially for the church who mm. should be in an oxymoronic in, in an oxymoronic way be comfortable with risk oh that was a punchline you even gave us hand action <laughs> comfortable with the risk <laughs> israel basically said empty your pockets <laughs> and spend money hey that's your interpretation <laughs> basically anything else are we good i think we're good one more thing <laughs> yes um I was thinking when I was reading the report. Yeah, uh, I do not remember where I read this. Ah, it was in the forward. I think it was in the forward. It basically said, you know, we've come a long way and we've accomplished a lot, but there's still more to, still um, more that can be done. Mm-hmm. And that first part triggered something in me that I had a conversation a long time ago about the success or the um, the triumphs of Black millennials thus far mm-hmm. in terms of. The generation, you know, back in the 2000s who were in secondary school and where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, I remember listening to a talk and one woman was saying, you know, look how much feminism has done for black women in that we have allowed them and given them access to all these opportunities to become doctors, to become lawyers, to 
enter the financial services and and so on and so forth and i just remember thinking to myself that's like 10 percent true um i said 10 percent, 10 percent true because my first thought i told this to all my friends in that conference is the real success of any black millennial right now is their parents um you say parents or parents 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 okay i because i'm thinking for example flesh that i'm gonna flesh it i want to flesh it out this is again this is not an absolute statement okay but i know for anyone in their 20s by and large and especially if you were black or raised up in the black church in london for example Mm -hmm. you were always told does harry have two heads you have to work twice as hard. Yeah, you were you were told no. For example, no black woman was ever told. By and large, again, this is this is a generalization that oh, your brother Dami can be a doctor, but you, you're a woman, so <laughs> so you can't be become a a doctor. That's that kind of stuff wasn't common. I agree with you I, in I, the I black community. Again, it wasn't absolute. It's not absolute. So I'm sure people oh, wait, can mention examples, but I feel like by and large, it was very much do well succeed and i think that culture of excellence was drilled from an early age due by our predecessors yeah before the door was opened by the wider society in terms of okay we're actually going to open this door that allows us to go into it the person who told us to go through the door was the people who came before us yeah and i think i would like to see that reflected in reports like this where the government says you know what a huge part of the success we've seen so far has been intra black community how do you and not yeah isn't it's not about measuring it it's about acknowledging it and i think that's acknowledged by what even the the audit said speaking to you and asking those in the black community in the forward as well it said we want to we want to hear questions from those who are in the community things that we might not even see so we can address that and i think part of that is saying what do you think and asking the, the the black community broadly what do you think has gone well who do you think caused that and how can we replicate their past success? Yeah. And so little things like that for me matter where the government recognizes and says, you know what, those who came in, the, the, the first wave immigrants who came in and made a way for their children, who worked three jobs for their children, we want to acknowledge and respect their contribution to the black community mm-hmm. and then build on it. That's just one of the things I thought of when I read the audit. I agree with you. I think that's, I, I, I'm always for the inclusion of the impact of family because I think to me it's it's one of the biggest um, things because we're so impressionable and we have our family around yeah. us. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, good point. Good point. <sighs> Tope? <laughs> I mean, like, I agree in part. Like, so, like, no, no, no. When, 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 Israel, when Israel fleshed it out, I agreed with him more as he was speaking. Um, and this is not to say that. Uh, parents haven't been quite influential within the black community in terms of like as you said our parents are always saying to us like does harry have two heads you get 98 percent. they say where's the two yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i i don't know yeah i think a part of me was thinking like especially for the millennials that are within like the creative industry okay i don't think parents have been as influential in that success okay because i feel like right I, i feel like from not only from personal experience, but obviously, like, the, the stories that we tell one another. You tell your mom, uh, I'm doing YouTube, and, you know, is that until until you buy her a house from that YouTube money, <laughs> you're not working. You're actually not working. They'll say, you, they say, to, she'll say to her mates that, oh, 
Uh, me just goes to play on YouTube. Playing with camera. Playing with camera. The way they the way they speak. So I appreciate. I appreciate in terms of like academically, like we have always been pushed to succeed. Um, sometimes unhelpfully because not everyone's academic and if That's i'm getting right. 98 i don't know where the other two is you yourself you went to school you didn't get 98 so why are you pressing me i yeah i do understand that but when i think of like um black british people especially right. those from the african diaspora like especially within the like creative industry mm. i don't know if parents have been as helpful see so, so to synthesize that what i would say is synthesize. yeah so to, to Essentially, bring it together. If we acknowledge that parents have been very good or even potentially too good or done it so much that it's been negative, mm-hmm. negatively focused or positively focused on, you know, and I call it the big four, accounting, um, medicine, uh, lawyer, lawyer, and, and um, engineer, engineer the big four, they've always focused on that and those are real jobs and then... Everything wanna, else is play. Everything exactly. Else is <laughs> so to counter, you say, you know what? The community has focused on this and to an extent it's been good yeah. it's pushed people and it's helped them um stretch themselves in ways they may otherwise have wouldn't have stretched themselves. yes yeah however now to build on it we want to expand this understanding beyond the big four yeah and to include all these different spheres um to say that there isn't just one form of intelligence there's mm-hmm. multiple forms and say that if someone is musically gifted we are going to push them just as much as we would push that person who wants to be an engineer yeah um for some you know engineering company and so on so we could we could realize that and that's part of i think this is, this is what should be part of the audit sort of what the in in the inside conversation is within the black community and saying these are the things they focused on that have worked well and these are the concerns they've had let's put the two together and grow something bigger and better for the community yeah i think i think more so it's like even like as i was as I was kind of going against what you were saying a little bit, I think more so it's, it's been the hard work that we've seen from our parents. Yeah. So regardless of if yeah. they don't agree with um, yeah. the particular mm-hmm. vo- vocation that we choose, when we see that they, they've been grinding, yes. and they continue to grind, we just think, I can't be a loser. I they, actually can't be trained. There are mothers who travel across London to two-hour, yeah. one-way to do a job where they are working, you know, 60, 70 hours a yeah. week. And they are still cooking for you. You, you and the food exactly. bangs as well. And and I think that's <laughs> exactly that's hard, you know. You're tired, like <laughs> you're putting in wrong Thanks. ingredients. And I think that's why I think like we should like like I think part of moving forward is acknowledging wh- whose work we are a product of. Yeah, and I think part of that is these people have worked. <laughs> like they have worked, and we need to acknowledge that if we're going to go forward and build something bigger. Do you know, to bring that full circle, yeah, that could be like something we uh we're not. No. Well, we as a community, a wider community, acknowledge doing something like a Black History Month. Mm. Um, just I think even when like last year when we did um, not we again, but when BBC did the Black and British series, yeah, and then they did um, Black is a new black. Black is a new black. For a lot of people, the reason for their success in whatever industry it was was because of their parents. Like they yeah, spoke yeah. About, they looked at their parents and they were like, even in whatever they love. They're going to grind. They're going to grind. Yeah. They're going to grind. So mm. our story doesn't always have to be slavery, slave ships. I was in chains. Um, my chains fell off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, <laughs> three. Mm. <laughs> but you know, we we can speak about the 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 things that are encouraging within our culture, the things that yeah. are beautiful within our culture, the things that we can actually celebrate. And maybe that's why I've never celebrated Black History Month. To go back to the first question, because it's always just been like 
quite dull and uh, this we're, thing. we're just victims we're just yeah, we're, we're victims so right. how do I celebrate that that's true mm. there we go maybe a fitting way to end yeah man that yeah. was our black history month black 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 <laughs> black black, black Berea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our next episode is actually going to be about the 500 years of the reformation yeah can October I announce 31st. that first yeah you can I announce that yeah, uh, we, we don't celebrate Halloween around here. We do nope. Reformation Day. See, growing up, it was <laughs> Hallelujah Night. <laughs> you know, I'm ending Israel, this episode. Israel, go to sleep. I'm ending this episode. Israel, go to sleep. <laughs> that's the, that's our heritage. Let's let's embrace it with Israel, the, all the, the, the boldness and <laughs> courage. Oh, gosh. My name is Mary. Tibello. And Israel. Take care. <laughs>